This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is Our Auto Expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. Hmm, pack show today, talking about Cadillacs, the Escalade, the X-T5, the X-T6, uh, and uh, the X-T5 Sport. Uh, we have Michael from uh, Evanoff from Hyundai here to talk about the Elantra. One of the, uh, it's hard to get excited about sedans a lot of the time, but this is a small, compact sedan that is fun. Uh, we are also going to be talking about the new Ford Explorer trim level, the King Ranch. Um, we're going to talk about how much um, Cadillac and GM hate Norway. And we how much saw, Norway loves them. Yeah, yes, we <laughs> saw the Super Bowl ad. We know they hate Norway, and Norway came back and told them they'd help them learn skiing and fishing. Yep. Um, we're also going to talk about what's going on with electric car world and uh, Tesla. Their shares dropped. Fords are going up. It's a whole interesting world. Um, usually I like to talk about what we rode in in, mm-hmm. because, but now you're privy to knowing that I out you on the show, mm-hmm. Chuck Gold Jen, mm-hmm. and you keep your mouth shut when we get in the car now. That is, that is correct. It's like, oh, here we go. He's going to just out me, and so I'm not going to say anything. That's okay. What did, what did you do today? Well, um, hang on a second. Before we get there, um, first of all, uh, I want to say get well soon to Rob, who is our normal uh, producer board yes. up on the show. He's sick today. So uh, Chris Kelly is sitting in for us, who is the program director. Sorry about your uh, weekend. Buddy. Uh, it's all right. Hey, yeah. Two hours team, out of the day. Team player. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> team player. Sorry, uh, Kelly family. You're uh, obviously we're expecting uh, everything from uh, for Chris today, but he's in here. So um, I'm very good at, you know, obviously years of working in 911, good at watching where people's eyes go. Watching you look at that white BMW sitting out there. Of course. Similar to yours, isn't it? Well, uh, probably a little bit newer, uh, but I am one of those guys that I'll buy a used one, I'll drive it into the ground, and then the next one is one that's, you know, a, a used one, and I'm just behind the curve. Right, but you're fantasizing a little bit like, ooh, Well, yeah, ooh, okay, I wonder, I'll, I'll wonder how soon I'll have that one. <laughs> I drove a brand new one when I was having mine serviced, and I told the service guys, uh, this will be my car in 10 years. Right. <laughs> that's uh, perfect. <laughs> so there's a story that goes behind this. Um, I, uh, I like electric cars, but you know what happened here and what happened in Texas I get a little afraid of saying I'm ready to go electric because, mm. you know, when you've had no power for a week, it's like, like the cell phone. Yeah. You're just like, how do I live with an electric car when I don't have heat or light in my home? That's right. It's like, I'm not sure I could do this. I'm not sure I'm ready. Mm. Um, and, and I'm not sure I could recommend an electric car to someone. What happens? We environment is crazy right now. These snowstorms and fires. And how do you tell someone I could have an electric car? And I believe in them, and I think they're great fun. But how can you tell someone I can have an electric car when our solace, our escape from the world, is our vehicle, right? Bad things happen. What do we do? Mm. We jump in our car and we escape. But if you can't charge it... That's why you own a V8 truck. <laughs> well, 
That sounds great, but I want to be a friend to our planet as well. I agree. I'm I'm torn between this. How do I be a friend to the planet? At the same time, yeah, so this plug-in hybrid thing is looking really great. So I did this crazy thing, and I got rid of my BMW X6M, and I traded it in for a 330e. So that's a plug-in hybrid. Oh, wow. And it's the new BMW 330e, which is sort of a generation beyond your car, Chris. It only does 14 miles on electricity, but that's kind of enough for those trips around town. And if I need to run up to Seattle, or if I need to run somewhere that's a few hundred miles, I still get to use a gas station. So I'm living large on both ends of the scale. I can be nice to Mr. Environment or Mrs. Environment or Mother Earth. At the same time, the gas station is still my friend. So I'm feeling like maybe I'm winning here. I'm still envious, so you haven't changed my mind. It's it, <laughs> it's so, no, it, it's a good thing. Like yeah. I'm feeling better about it now. I want an electric car so bad. I got a charger put in my house that's going in right now. But I'm not just I'm not quite ready. I've I've test driven some of these great electric cars, but I just don't quite feel I'm ready. But 14 miles is not enough. By the time we got to the station, the sign it already said. We only need, need to five. charge it. Yeah, but it, it, so it does. Uh, we use f- four or five miles to get to the station. Yeah, but mine would say Starbucks. that all the time because you know I drive further. Yeah, it's, but uh, I'm for, not, for it's, me, it's for good me, for it works. city. It's good for city. There's some people. cars that do 25 miles yeah. on a single charge, and you get. I don't know how far you drive to work, but usually about 22 miles. Yeah, you can probably find a car that do does that, mm-hmm. and then if you were lucky enough to have somewhere you could charge it near work. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, that works. I'm mm-hmm. just not ready to say electricity is the only way I can Mm-mm. fuel my. I'm going to travel around with a generator. Right, <laughs> right, and then and then environment is not your friend, right? Because you're just pumping it's smoke like, out, you know, and, and making a lot of noise. Yeah, it's like sorry, you got to charge the car. Yeah, so I, and you remind me like the as we were we I bought a generator just before Christmas, thinking I got to spend a little tax money. I'm setting it up at my house, and the power goes. I'm pouring oil in it to prime it. I've never used it before. And the power goes out. And so I did have some basic services through four days of no power. But ultimately, my neighbors had to listen to me on my back porch for the whole time the power's out. I apologize now to them for that. But I did have power (laughs) a little bit, enough to power the TV and the Internet. But oh, that's more the most important. Well, we had gas, so we had a gas <laughs> that's fire. Good. Okay. But but ultimately I just can't do I just can't do electricity alone, especially after having no power for four days and my parents having no power for eight days. It frightens me just enough. Well the other car's a Prius and I, I love having a hybrid. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the Prius. I feel um the other thing is too, when you have to think about it, I saw a Tesla the other day with um with a license plate, which was abbreviated, but it said coal power. <laughs> which I thought was quite jolly, uh, K-O-L-P-W-R or something. And, and I thought that was funny. Somebody, was, somebody has a sense of humor. Uh-huh. Even if you do have an electric car, guess where most of that power comes yeah, from? Exactly. It's still coal power. People, we haven't found the right way to power our planet yet. We haven't found the right way to be green. There's a, you know, windmills are not, are not what we thought they were going to be. They still kill birds. They still make noise. They can still be somewhat of an eyesore. If you go out into the gorge just um, east of Portland, they make noise. They're quite an eyesore on the landscape. We, there's no way. Nuclear power, dangerous. Uh, earthquakes, Japan, 
they didn't have a great time with their nuclear power station when they had that tsunami. Just a lot of people died. So we're still learning as a planet. We've got to learn better ways to do these things. It's well, we tough. We have to hurry. It, I'm, well, I'm, make, I'm making a note. No nuclear power yeah. cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like a great idea on paper. Many things sound like great ideas on paper, well, but they just don't work out. We, we need to, the Mariah's hydrogen, the mm -hmm. idea of hydrogen is great because it burns zero. I mean, it comes out as water the other end. We don't have an infrastructure for hydrogen. Mm -hmm. um, we, and when the horse and carriage was being replaced by the car, everyone's going to say, where are we going to get fuel from? Well, we learn and we built. And, and it, we, we still got to do that with hydrogen and we got to do that with electricity. There's a lot to learn. And we're right there. We're learning. Yeah, and the infrastructure for natural gas just never happened no. either. I mean, in big cities like New York and Seattle, yeah, the cabs are powered by natural gas. But that has its own problems, too. Mm -hmm. it, it's not coming in from fuel lines unless it's by ports or by somewhere mm -hmm. that it's actually made. You know, uh, as a race, we're still learning. Um, and now that we have a pandemic, people aren't living in cities anymore. All of these places are like, like uh, Park City outside Utah, it's overpopulated. All these people are moving outside of Salt Lake and suddenly the, the infrastructure of Park City, they can't handle all these people suddenly moving outside. Boy, when we put this into perspective, our race has an awful lot to learn. Things are changing. And uh, look at something. I mean, the pandemic's not small, but look at a little thing like a virus, how it changes our transportation structure, how it changes our domiciles, how it changes what we do for cars. The whole world is kind of upside down. And we've got this whole big community that all they're doing is buying big diesel trucks to go and live off the grid in. Like we just we need to get together as a race and just decide what we're going to do. And, so. and just do it. Sorry, are you all depressed now? I've, no. I've ruined everybody's Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> I've just. I'm going to go home and kiss my Prius. Yeah, yeah see? <laughs> see, we, we all do good things. And then, you know, there's the question of what we're doing to make these cars and how we're mining some of the minerals and those type of things. So love your transportation because uh, your transportation is getting you around, but make uh, good choices. And we're going to talk about some of those good choices in today's show. I'm looking forward to, uh, to talking about some of these new Cadillacs. Uh, Cadillac, of course, you saw that Super Bowl ad. They're going to go and try all, go all electric, I think, by 2030. Um, and so we tested some of these vehicles and looked like, you know, talked about what they'd look like when they were all electric. Speaking of that, maybe we should learn from Norway on how not to have power outages. Do you know that <laughs> Norway, <the> next <laughs> to, I think it's uh, next to one of the Middle Eastern countries, is the largest oil uh, producer in the world, yet they have the largest fleet of electric vehicles? Isn't that mind-blowing mm. when you think about that? And they have the money, of course, to be able mm -hmm. to do that. It's not cheap going all electric. Um, I'm also interested to find out about the Ford Explorer King Ranch because people, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, luxury cars are not hurting at all. Rolls-Royce had the best year they've ever had. Lamborghinis are flying off the shelves. I think people look at the, uh, the, the, their lives and go, if I'm going to do it, yep, I'm going to do well it do now. It. Mm -hmm. Who knows what the next few years are going to be like. I agree All with right, you. stand by. We've got good stuff on the way in the show. We're going to talk more about Cadillac and what's in their future, talk about some of their great vehicles and see how those vehicles are going to change over the next few years, um, what's going to evolve uh, out of the X-T5 and what's on the trim packages. Uh, they have really birthed themselves out of a brand which was mediocre, to say the least, into some of the latest technology and the latest luxury. That's all coming up on Our Auto Expert.
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, very uh, nice for us to welcome uh, Michael Mitch Koviak to the show. Uh, he is the Cadillac Product Marketing Manager, and I have to tell you that the XT5 recently had a recommendation by Consumer Reports, and Cadillac's overall score is 62 and improved 7 points to 22nd due to improved reliability. I recently got the chance to drive one of these in Detroit in the snow, which is always fun to do with anything four-wheel drive. No, I wasn't sliding around. Everyone always immediately assumes that I was playing and sliding around and doing, well, maybe I did do some donuts in the snow. But what else would you do in such a capable all-wheel drive vehicle? So, Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, first of all, um, we, ha- we always see Cadillac as an American brand, but it really isn't. You have done such a great job of making this an international brand, and it's recognized worldwide, um, and you, you have customers all over the world that love this brand, and I've always seen some of the things that you've done across the world that customer, have made customers fall in love with it in China and different countries, haven't you? <clears throat> yeah, hey, Nick, first of all, uh, thanks for having me on the show, and I will say if you were test driving the XT5 uh, in the snow and you didn't do a uh, candy, I'd be a little bit disappointed. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, hey, specifically, you know, obviously 2020, a uh, very challenging year to then for, you know, globally, not just the automotive industry, but everybody as, as individuals with, with, with COVID-19. But uh, we showed a lot of resilience and recorded our brand's third highest global sales year ever i'm uh, looking at xt5 uh in you know relation uh, number one selling vehicle within the brand uh globally and that's the fifth consecutive year up almost 10 percent 9.6 so yeah um globally uh certainly expanding the cadillac brand name and, and making some great um some great roads Sometimes we always see, you know, the sexiest car in the lineup, the halo car, as what we think you do the best in. But it's never true, is it? The, the, the workhorse, the car that everybody buys, is always the one that fits their lifestyle the best. And obviously, cl- and clearly for that, it's the XT5, because most people around the world have that vehicle fit its lifestyle. And you've obviously hit it perfectly, the nail on the head, because the trim levels of this car fit what people need them to fit. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, about the XT5 is if you take a step back and look at how it was designed, it was really, it was really designed to mirror both the, you know, elegant style and sportiness that the typical luxury consumer wants and, and looks for when, when purchasing a vehicle, safety or functionality, that's called SUV uh, owners looking for in their, in their vehicle as well, too. So over 20 advanced safety features, 63 cubic feet of storage, but again, not uh, certainly not punting on the um, the, the styling and sporting for the vehicle as well. But to your point, that right comes in three different package levels. Luxury uh, really reflects 
the uh, contemporary styling and uh, an available advanced features. Uh, the premium luxury, we get those amenities, but you do have some available uh, additional technology amenities. And then, and then lastly, sports, which is really emphasizes on performance. Do people in different uh, continents experience different stylings of this vehicle or different packaging? Um, uh, or do, does everybody... Yeah, and, and, yeah, and you know what? Uh, there is certainly different packaging. And, and would love to come back and talk more about the, you know, some of the other reasons, whether it be China or uh, wherever it may be, uh, to, to expand on those types of things. But, um, you know, really just wanted to focus in today on, on some... Right. We, uh, uh, North America um, packaging. It's it's interesting to me when I drove this vehicle because it's one of the things that you know when you look at it you don't expect it to be so dynamic of a drive. But you know, the zero to sixty, the handling, it's it's true to the Cadillac sort of sporty name as well, even in the snow. And and I did comment in my TV piece, which hasn't aired yet on all of our Fox affiliates uh, around the country, that you've really set yourself up when Cadillac goes to all electric because people are going to expect all those electric vehicles to handle, you know, like a Cadillac. So uh, you've set yourself up for quite a task as you move forward because of the great handling to continue that into the future. Yeah, and that's. Um, I was listening to you uh, to the show before uh, um, before we jumped on here, and uh, and I got to tell you, if you're looking for a uh, uh, you know quote unquote friend of the planet, as you put it, uh, not right, you know, not quite ready to make that all electric jump, but want a little bit more of a performance than what's available in today's uh, hybrid. Uh, the XT5 is, is a great option for you, specifically with you know the Sport Disc 3.6 liter. Um, uh, that we have on the vehicle, or even the, the 2.0 liter, uh, you know, turbo four cylinder. Perfect. Yeah, no, I, and I enjoyed every moment of it. I tell you, my uh, my favorite part of it, just before we uh, we run out of time here and have to hit the news, but my favorite part of it, which nobody else seems to have done, uh, Michael, is the fact that you can tap your cell phone on the dash, and with the near field communications, it automatically pairs to the vehicle. Why hasn't anybody else thought That's about awesome. that? It is. It's one of the best things that they do. Uh, thank you for joining us. The XT5, uh, one of my favorite drives. Uh, Cadillac has a great uh, number of fun drives and if you haven't seen the new dash in the uh, the new Escalade, uh, just glance at it at a dealership now because they have one of the best dashes. Uh, fun drive in the new Cadillac XT5 go check it out at your dealerships and uh, you will actually see our review of the new Cadillac XT5 up on the website very soon. You can see our previous reviews of the XT6 and uh, two different reviews of the Escalade and by the way, uh, if you haven't seen how the Escalade handles in the snow, that also surprised Mike Cadell. When it snowed in Nashville a few weeks ago, he happened to have the vehicle out of the fleet, and he was thinking, oh, I'll leave it in the garage because it snowed. Boy, was he wrong and see how that vehicle handled with its all-wheel drive system in the snow. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. Uh, we look forward to showing you more of our videos, listening to our podcast as well at OurAutoExpert.com. Here it comes. Stand by. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is Our Auto Expert Radio Show on Facebook, also on Twitter, and that famous little thing called Instagram. 
Yes, if you're not familiar with that, you should be because you're obviously not a social media person. Uh, Instagram is uh, our auto expert. You can just do the direct message thing with us and send us a direct message. When you do that, we will respond if you have a car question. Our auto expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. All right, Jen, you watched the video earlier. What did you think? Mm, I love it. Well, what's that? I'm never quite sure. That's like the cat when you go, mm. is that an angry, or is that a, I liked it. Mm, I liked it. Okay. Good. <laughs> you know when dogs growl, you're never quite sure if you're going to get bitten or licked. <laughs> I got to keep you guessing. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Because if there's one person I don't need to be kept guessing from, it's my producer. <laughs> uh, yes. So this Very was happy. the big news. Uh, Jeep. So there are two, uh, up until this week, there was two luxury brands in America. There was Cadillac, American luxury brands, mm-hmm. Cadillac and Lincoln. Yep. There is now a third luxury brand. It's called Wagoneer. It is Jeep spinning off their uh, brand into a luxury brand. Um, and I first of all thought Wagoneer. It doesn't sound very luxurious, does it? A wooden seat, a whip, and maybe some smell of horse manure? No, it doesn't sound at all luxurious. But it is, if you think about it. Especially the old school yeah. pianos. Now I'm starting to think about <laughs> Wagoneer. This is how America was conquered in the wagon. Um, yet Wagoneers used to have nice leather seats and uh, they used to go very fast and can go over every terrain. And Wagoneer, up until 1986, was the luxury off-road vehicle of choice. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeep are bringing back the name Wagoneer, and they launched two new vehicles, the Jeep Grand Wagoneer and Wagoneer. And these vehicles are coming back. They will in, be in showrooms as early as July. Now, before you get excited about mm-hmm. going to purchase one. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about price. Because yeah. price is the limiting reagent, as my chemistry teacher used to tell me, of everything that goes on in America. Hey, don't squash any dreams right here. Yeah, I'm going to okay? squash your dreams no, right no, no, now. No, no, no. Starting at uh, $58,000, not too bad for a three-row SUV, probably pretty limited in what you get inside that vehicle, but going, move with me, going dollars Yes, that's probably out of most of the price ranges of people in America. 113. Pretty stylish, though, I will say. Um, I think it's 75 inches of screen space. 75. And here's some things that impressed me. Mm. Passenger, passenger, front seat passenger gets their own screen. Their own screen. Yeah. Amazing. That screen does four different things. Entertainment, have its own TV, apps. You can see, uh, number two, you can see all the cameras around the vehicle. You can control things like navigation. And you can do other things inside the vehicle like launch apps. It'll have two cell phone Bluetooths, so dad and dad, mom and mom, mom and dad. Whoever's sitting up front can control the passenger, control Bluetooth, phone apps. Um, The great thing is the rear screens as well. I like the fact that someone can help you up front. How many times have you been sitting in a car and you've been trying to go somewhere, you're already driving, and you're trying to look something up on the screen and you're too lazy to pull over? Don't don't tell me that's never happened because you know it's happened to all of us. Mm-mm. We've all done it. Like nope. someone said, can you pick up Chinese on the way home? And you've, you can't be bothered to pull over. You've tried to do it while you've been driving. Now the person sitting next to you can actually do it for you. Huh. 
Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. And it won't block. It won't lock you out. Some cars lock you out from doing that. It won't lock you out. The passenger can actually put it in for you. That's cool. Whereas it had to be the kid in the back. Some some cars have the ability to have the kid in the back do it as well. Mm. It has air suspension. Who doesn't love having a comfortable backside? Mm-hmm. So there's no numb bum syndrome when you're driving. Air suspension. If you happen to want to tow something, it has a very comprehensive backup camera system. So one person can load a trailer. It can guide you into hooking a trailer up. Don't need two persons. Don't need mum banging the back of the car. Rub, rub, left a bit, right a bit. Bong, bong, bong. All that banging on the back when you're not sure you hit something or it was just mom tapping the back of the trailer or dad or however it works in your family. So, do you know that Chevrolet did a, did a survey, mm-hmm. and it was something like seventy percent of family arguments on vacations started off with hitching the trailer. That doesn't surprise me at all. So they uh, Jeep they are negating the trailer argument hitching scenario. Mm-hmm. They're getting rid of that. Put the camera in there. Um, there's this new Macintosh sound system. I think it had. How many speakers? I can't remember. Something like 36, 35 speakers with a huge subwoofer. It looks beautiful, beautiful, like old school UV meters. And oh, I look, I I hope it has valves in it because it looked so pretty. At least the screens look pretty. It's all digital probably, but it looked really pretty. Two things I love about it. One, it looks stylish still, but not too luxury looking, you know. And I liked how they went back to that boxy look. Yeah, who doesn't love a boxy SUV? I I want my SUV not to look like a dead fish. I want it to look like it can actually do something. (laughs) Like, I want it to look like if I met it in the wild, I would run the other way. Not not to look like it was flopping around. It just came out of a lake. Well, I'm not There's a... There's so many SUVs that look all bubbly, bubbly and... Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Stop it with your dead fish look. <laughs> what did... Sometimes I look at them and go, what did they model this after? Like a halibut? I'm like, the eyes are both on the bottom? What's wrong with them? I'm not okay, going to call what, it out. I'm not going to call it my out. Fav- what's your favorite part? I know what my favorite part is. Well, let is. me... Before I get there, I'm not going to call it out, but... Some one, I was in a design, it's an SUV that's on the market. I don't want to call it because everything about the SUV is really nice. But they said, we modeled the headlights off of a crocodile coming out of the water. Because that's the most beautiful animal I could think of. (laughs) Why don't we just go for a duck-billed platypus? (laughs) It was so weird to me. Like, we modeled it off of a crocodile. Yeah, because everything about a crocodile is appealing. It eats live chickens and things. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, sorry. Just, I, I digress a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, um, there you go. Yeah. So it's, uh, the, the, there's one thing I don't like about it. There's one thing I do. So and I'll tell you what it is. Okay. You the first. Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer still having a bit of a problem telling, like, they told me what the difference is. One has a grill that looks like this. And one, I still don't really get why there's two different names. And there's no wood paneling, by the way. Okay, that's my favorite yeah, every, part. Everyone, well, there Where is did a, they put it? There's sort of wood paneling on the inside. But in the it, dash. Yeah, and then but, they put their name in it, and that's, yeah, that's great. But you know what? 
everybody asks me, I've been on TV shows all over the country this week talking about them. What's the first thing every single anchor asks me? Hey, so where's the wood paneling and the green paint? I'm like, yeah, guess what? This is just a little obvious. They'll probably come out with some special edition that has that. It's just too obvious. But I like how they incorporated it somewhere in the vehicle, which is in the too dash. Too subtle. Americans don't like no, subtle. I too love subtle. it because one, I don't like wood in vehicles. Yeah, because they are, you know, when, when designers are designing vehicles, they go... What's Jen's requirement? Jen needs this. Jen needs that. That's not how it works. I know that. Thank you. I'm just saying that just what I like is my personal. That's your one thing. Yeah. I love that they paid homage to the old. Homage? Homage. 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 Uh-oh. Homage. Homage. You know. Homage. Is that your stomach growling? We just ate. Doesn't like you. It went sour over your comments. Homitage. Whatever. Homitage to you. Whatever. You're mad at me now, aren't you? No, I'm not mad at you. Um, I just know you. (laughs) All right. The other car I've been driving this week is the Toyota 4Runner. Uh-huh. It's that special edition one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Tell me. What? You you pulled it out. The special trail edition? Let me tell you about this vehicle. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's bulletproof. Why it has a key doesn't have a push start. That's how old school it is. People buy these old. You know you can't buy this secondhand. You can buy a new one, cheaper than you can buy a used one. This vehicle is rock solid. I'm serious. Go try and buy a, a used Forerunner. They are rock solid. These vehicles, and oh, then yeah. there's several things I like about them. How many vehicles do you know where the rear glass in the back of the car and the in the tailgate? goes down i know my dogs love it i make just enough gap so the noses can stick out and if i follow one of these things and there's five little noses in the back of my car sticking out i, lo- I want to get out and kiss every one of them at the traffic light it's so awesome this vehicle is amazing in the snow as well the forerunners are bulletproof they last forever uh toyota have done a really good job at this and you know what i was thinking this vehicle is super old it hasn't had a full body refresh for like a million years not quite that long but a long time, and they still are great fun to drive. They're easy to get in and out of. And I plugged my phone in, and I went, oh, it has Apple CarPlay. That's cool, because I didn't expect it to have Apple CarPlay. And what else did you not expect it to have? Well, you tell me. No, you tell me. No, I don't know. Yes, you do. No, I don't. It's the cooler. Oh, yeah, it has a cooler in the back. Yeah, and Which what keeps it ice cream cold. For seven days. Yeah. Seven days. I, I could get lost in the wood. I'd be okay. I'd have my ice cream. All right, Seven here, days. Here are the keys. Bye. Bye. Right. <laughs> Jen won't be on next week's show because she'll be lost in the wood for seven days. What happens With if my you ice cream. What, <laughs> is that all it takes? Sure. You and ice cream? I need and to get away. And you're gone for seven days? Yeah. I need to buy more ice cream. <laughs> clearly. That's all it takes. By the way, <clears throat> Jen's family, if you've had enough, just give her a forerunner and some ice cream. Oh, they know. <laughs> they do? It's Talante. How come it's you keep gelato. showing up? Talante. <laughs> Talante? Yeah, it's my favorite. Chocolate what? peanut butter Talante. T- Talante? Yeah, it's Talante. Is this another word you've just made up? Oh, my God. No, you can go to the grocery <laughs> store and buy this. I'm going to. <laughs> I think you're making words up as we go along. Do you have a dictionary of gen words you've just made up? Oh. Talante, what was the other one? Chomage? Chomage? Ha- Never mind. Just let's go to commercial. <laughs> Jen's, Jen's making words up. More made up words coming up on our auto expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. 
Over 10,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers live. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio app, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. Now, uh, sedans, you may think, are some part of the past of American driving. Not true. A lot of people enjoy sedans. They're actually a safer drive uh, because you can maneuver them better. They are more uh, fun to, to drive, and they are better accelerations. Uh, and when you need to get out of uh, emergency situations. And, of course, they are lighter weight, and uh, nobody makes a better sedan, and I know Michael Evanoff would agree, than uh, Toyota, especially with the Elantra. What? Um, what? what? I, mean, I meant Hyundai. Hyundai. Sorry. I was just yeah. checking. I was like, whoa. I meant Hyundai just because I was uh, looking at something else. Sorry, uh, Michael. Uh, <laughs> but Hyundai make an amazing sedan. I would also tell you that uh, the design is uh, something that's second to none. When a lot of these vehicles have a very unexciting design, the exterior of the Hyundai Elantra is much more, let's say, adventurous. Would you say that, Michael? More adventurous design on the outside? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, good to talk to you, Nick. There we go. Yeah, yeah. We lost you for a second. So a much more adventurous design on the outside of the Hyundai Elantra? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a very much a bold design. Um, you know, you talked about there are still people out there that, you know, intend sedans. They want sedans. Um, the lower ride height, the, the fuel economy uh, uh, impact. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely doubled down on the sedan side, you know, First with Sonata, now with Elantra. But, yeah, it's very much a very bold uh, and aggressive design, and I think uh, it appeals to a lot of people out there. You went for four different uh, versions of this, the regular sedan, the hybrid, the N-Line, and the N version of it. And, I, you know, on the launch, you don't really get much of a flavor. We did that with you in California. Uh, we got to sort of get a, a good taste for half a day in each version of the vehicle, driving it up and down the uh, coast in California. It was a good idea. The interior, really nice. The exterior design, startling because it's adventurous. But when I got to spend my week with the Elantra sedan, um, it's mouth-dropping to actually spend a week with it because I didn't miss driving an SUV whatsoever. Um, and you guys have packed it with technology as well. Um, and every time I came out of my driveway, well, my coffee machine in my kitchen is at my kitchen window. And if I um, pull the shade up in the morning, I get to see the cars parked in my driveway. And every morning I looked at that side design um, and Jen likes to call it the Zorro. I do. It looks the, like the, the Zorro Z, Z on the Zorro. side of the car. Uh, that's just something that nobody else has, has pulled together. Yeah, I, I think especially the surfacing, as you were, uh, referred to on the side, <clears throat> there's a lot of work that went into that, uh, not just from a design standpoint, but also from a manufacturing standpoint, because it was going to be in, you know, uh, <clears throat> in the same direction. Because um, all those lines have to add, you know, meet up, and it goes from the front fender through the both, you know, front and rear doors to the rear fender. Um, so yeah, there's a lot that goes into that, but I think it definitely makes makes a statement in the segment. 
And I think driving it is probably the next most astounding thing too, because it doesn't feel like a small sedan. You've made it feel sort of airy and light and maneuverable. Um, it doesn't feel tinny and and nothingness. It feels sort of glidey. Glidey. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So so dynam- dynamics are something that that's very important to us. Um, steering feel, um, feedback. Uh, the right quality, um, you know, everything is, you know, but also you talked about the airy interior. Uh, our designers and our engineers work really closely together. They try and push the crash, crash pad down as much as possible. You know, the vents are thinner, but there's, or the air, or expect vents are thinner, but they still, you know, get the same amount of volume, you know, there's no noise or anything. So we really try and push everything down as low as possible to give you that open with the dynamics themselves, you know, we spent a lot of time even in this situation, which we're all going through, um, you know, uh, road testing, evaluating, comparing to competitors. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, given that it's North American Car of the Year, um, I think we, we came out on top. Yeah, you took my words right out of my mouth. You had some good competition to be North American Car of the Year. Um, and I, I thought it was going to be hard for you guys to win, especially up against your sister brands. Um, but mm-hmm. you, you clenched that, and this is starting to become a little bit of a pattern for you guys taking away trophies. Yeah, you know, I mean, especially North American Car of the Year is like the Academy Awards for this industry. Um, you know, very proud that it's, you know, it was a, very much a team effort. Everybody pulled together. Um, and like I said, to launch a car in these situations, um, you know, it takes a lot of work from everybody, you know, working remotely and, and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I think the awards, you know, they're, they're still coming in. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think um, the launcher's deservant. Um, I was there. Unfortunately, I wasn't, couldn't be there in person. I had to watch it virtually, but right. I was there two years ago when Kona won and, and Genesis won. Um, so I wish I could have, you know, held that trophy myself, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, uh, latter part of this year. Well, we, uh, you know, we've met many times and talked many times in person, Michael. Is the pressure on now? A career like calling you up, going, "When's our next award coming?" Are you like, <laughs> "Oh no." <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mean, we're we're always obviously very very close contact with Korea, and you know that's just you know the the, the conversation and the communication is always there. Um, so yeah, we're just looking forward to. Um, bigger and better in the future yeah and you've got a lot of new product on the way as well that you've announced and some stuff that you've said is coming um you know and and some photos of future product as well um and and with these new versions of the elantra coming um some of which we've got to test drive are they uh, what's the plan for the uh, the n and the n line are they uh, arriving soon um or have they not been announced when they're going to be in dealerships so Elantra N line is in dealerships now. Uh, the Elantra Hybrid is just arriving now. And then the one I'm really excited about is Elantra N. Um, you, we had two cars at that at that press release. Yeah. And we just you know gave gave keys away to to the media said so go have fun. Um, I, I got an opportunity to, to take it for a little spin as well, but that'll be here um, towards the end of the year. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to that. And we just also showed to follow that up as well. Uh, Kona N, which is the, the third in the end profile uh, of the full end vehicles that will be coming out um, also towards 
So we got something for everybody, I think. Yeah, and I and we should also mention that uh, our friend uh, Albert Beerman, who is one of mm. the people who was spearheading the uh, the BMW uh, M division not N, but M division, um, is the man who's helped spearhead the N line along. And uh, thanks to him, that's been happening. So uh, I'm excited about that. I've got to spend some time in those vehicles as well. And I promise you, if you liked BMW M's, you'll love Hyundai N's Mm -hmm. um, because they are outstanding pieces of machinery. And the price, I mean, obviously, if you look at some of the N's that we've already driven and already seen, you will see the price is well worth the investment of your time and energy because they're fantastic. Michael Levinoff, it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, You're a master at helping us understand the complexities of what goes on behind the brand. Uh, Look for the Elantra in dealerships now. This is our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show that has a throttle wheel feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, with Truck Girl Jen who could almost be convinced to be SUV girl Jen if it had a King Ranch sticker on it. No? (laughs) I can't do it, can I? You were almost convinced to go electric when it was a truck, but then you backed off. No, I I just don't think I can go all electric. Don't? No, because... You're, for, for someone who's on a national radio car show, Yes. your perspective is very much like a horse with blinders on. No, I'm very supportive of people who have electric vehicles. Just not yourself. I personally do not find it conducive to my condition to drive with an electric vehicle. All right. So you're open-minded about other people having things, but not yourself. Exactly. Okay. I support it 150%. But you wouldn't do it yourself. You know why? Why? Make yourself happy. If that's what you want, go out and get it. It's all right for other people, but not for me. Hey, some people drive, you know, like million-dollar vehicles. I would love that for me to be me, but I can't, so there that's you go. That's kind of different than what I heard just a second ago. No. If it was a million-dollar electric truck, would you be in? I don't know. Oh, It'd have to look really cool. The lines just got all fady and weird now. No, I'm just saying. All right. For me and my driving. Can I get on with the show now? We're, we're all really confused you with just... what you really like and what you don't like. Welcome to the show. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Lee Newcomb is here from Ford because I want to talk about something that I'm excited about, which is the brand new Ford Explorer King Ranch Edition. The uh, snake edition. No, snake as you <laughs> like to call it. It's not. A, we will get to that in a second. <laughs> Lee, thank you for joining us on the show. We should get hey, this good out. morning, Nick. Good morning. Hi. We should get this out of the way, first of all. Oh, my gosh. Jen always calls them the Snake Edition when they're the King Ranch because she thinks the emblem of King Ranch in all Ford's glorious King Ranch editions <laughs> looks like a snake. But it's not a snake, is it, Lee? No, it's the uh, vaunted running W that goes back 168 years with King Ranch. Ha! That's a great emblem. So, ha! You, so you were wrong, too, Nick. Well, I, you I thought it was the river. I know I said it might be the river, but it is the ranch's emblem. All you have to do is put Not a, little, a snake. It looks like a snake. Just put a little rattly thing at the end. <laughs> do you see how I... Do you, Lee, <laughs> welcome yeah. to my life. 
Do you see what I have to put up with? I just want to talk about what a great SUV this it is. is a and now we have SUV. a King Ranch version. I have to listen to snake stories all day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, the first time you've ever had a King Ranch version of the Explorer. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. And thanks again for having me. It's been a relationship Ford's had with King Ranch for 20 years. It's, it's been pretty prominent on F-150 Super Duty and Expedition. And, you know, we're really excited to bring it to the Explorer. Is there uh, anything great? Is there anything higher yeah. than King Ranch? Can, this is like the pinnacle of if you can't get anything above this, right? In the trim levels, or is there something above this? No, this is the pinnacle. This is the best Explorer has to offer. Three rows of leather, eighty-five square feet of interior leather. Uh, it's as it's as good as you get. And it, it when I look at it, when I look at the pictures that you provided us with, is this the is the brown on brown? With the uh, the King Ranch, uh, the the W as now I know, not the snake, the W and on the inside. The uh, it looks really nice. Um, that looks like a lot of work to get that much leather on the inside. Well, you know, we have some great engineers at Ford Motor Company, and we have a great relationship with King Ranch. So those two groups working together. Uh, we were able to easily package all that leather and all that quality inside the uh, inside the King Ranch. It's, it's really a great product. How much? I see the emblem not only on the seats, but it also goes on. It looks like it's on the center armrest as well. Yeah, we have. Uh, let's see. I want to say four uh, running W emblems on the interior: one on the steering wheel, one on each front seat, the center console, and then three badges on the exterior. So there's no mistaking the fact that you're driving a King Ranch. Is this, it's interesting, and you probably don't have an answer to this question. Do you sell a lot of these in Texas? We do sell a lot of them in Texas. Yeah, it's one of our largest markets. I was yeah. just thinking, <laughs> since since King man. Ranch is in Texas, I was thinking, you know, you know how Texans <laughs> are about Texas. They, they, if it has Texas written anywhere on it or anything about Texas, they love to buy it. Of course. Um, so. That's right. So, you know, one of the things I think is my favorite thing about an Explorer every time I have one, especially you have a black one or a white one, you drive that down every, every freeway anywhere in the country and everybody slows down because mm -hmm. they think it's an unmarked police car. Oh. Which is, is my favorite. It doesn't have to be. It just every single black or white Explorer just looks like a police car. It doesn't matter whether it is or it isn't. just looks exactly like one. You did some magic with the design of that because even if it has a light bar on or not, everybody gets... They get just, everybody's nodding right now. Yep. It's just, yeah. It just looks like it. It's kind of funny. Well, it wouldn't look like if you were up close because it would have a nice King Ranch um, interior. Apart from the, the leather and the beautiful design on the inside, how else is the King Ranch equipped? Does it come with uh, badging on the outside? Yeah, we have, uh, it's got a unique stone gray grill. It's got three uh, King Ranch badges, two on the side, one on the rear. Uh, and then, of course, it has, uh, you know, our three-liter three EcoBoost engine with 365 horsepower, 3,800 pounds feet of torque, tows 5,600 pounds. Uh, so it can really do everything you want it to do. Night on the town, if you want to go out on the ranch and, and uh, maintain some fences, that vehicle is going to do it all for you. And that leather, that rugged leather is really going to hold up to everything you throw at it. Apart from the Explorer and the F-150, is the King Ranch available in any other vehicles? Yeah, it's uh, available on Super Duty and also our Expedition. So pretty well-rounded lineup there, and our relationship with King Ranch is, is very strong. And uh, that's kind of a, 
a nice roundup too. So if you want uh, King Ranch, so you get four vehicles to choose from. You could have all four. Uh-huh. And if you live in Texas, you probably <laughs> will have all four as well. Uh, Technology-wise on the inside, what else has it got? Uh, well, we come. there's an optional premium technology package. So with that, you get a 10.1-inch uh, center stack. Uh, you get a 980-watt 14-speaker B&O sound system. Uh, and then you get our multi-contour seats. So when you're driving down the road and enjoying all that leather, you can get a little bit of a massage uh, to uh, help your travels. Uh, we also come standard with our Copilot 360 Assist Plus system, which gives you intelligent adaptive cruise control and a whole other suite of uh, driver's assist technologies. So it really is the pinnacle of the Explorer lineup. Now, does that 10.1-inch screen, does that have the pinch-to-zoom on it, too, just like your cell phone? It does. Pinch-to-zoom, uh, standard navigation on it, so uh, as well as Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So. All your connectivity in one great big display for you to easily navigate. Um, I like the idea of the massaging seat because if you've been riding horses all day, it's not comfortable. You need to be massaged on the way back to the ranch. Just saying. That's right. Uh, Slinging hay, riding horses, absolutely. Uh, I'm too short to sling hay. You need tall guys to do that. That's my excuse (laughs) when they give me a pitchfork. I'm like, I can't get that over that fence. (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah, you have to be tall to sling hay. You don't have to be tall. You just need a longer fork. Or a le- <laughs> five <laughs> foot. Fork you, you need to be over over six foot, or stand on the roof of the King Ranch. I'm just saying. Got to throw it farther, Nick. Yeah, just throw it farther. No, don't get me any jobs I don't want to do. Uh, paint <laughs> paint colors. Does it? Does it? I see the white in the video and the photography. Does it come in any other colors than, than that, or is it not white? Is it stone gray? Uh, well, we've got uh, a stone gray paint. There's, we also have an infinite blue. You can get it in uh, 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 star white, which is a gray color, um, uh, rapid red, agate black, silver, uh, really the whole offering, our whole color offering. It looks great in just about any color. Do you think people are, uh, do you think this is going to be a farm vehicle? People are actually going to ranch with it, or is it going to be uh, maybe the city folk are going to get them? Because if, if I get this, I kind of want to do some ranching with it. Well, you know, I think the beauty of it is it can do it all. So you oh. want to tow 5,600 pounds, you can do it in your King Ranch. But if you want to drive around the city and, and look great and, you know, take your significant other out for a date and, and on the night on the town, it it's really fits all the different bills. There you go. A full meal deal. Uh, let's talk about pricing and availability, because if you want to get one of these in your garage or your stable, as it would be, uh, where do we start pricing-wise, and when is it available? In your barn. Your barn. <laughs> <laughs> well, to put it in your barn, it costs uh, starts at $52,350. That's for a rear-wheel drive. No, not bad at all. Uh, we've already started producing them, so we expect to have them in dealerships by the end of April, early May. I think you probably want an all-wheel drive, though, wouldn't you, if you're going to ranch with this thing and put it in a van? Barn. That'd be my preference. <laughs> That'd say- be my preference up here in Michigan where we have snow. But, right. uh, you know, it's, my tastes are not everyone's. Am I saying it wrong? Is it, is it not a barn? Barn. 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 Oh, my gosh. See what barn. I have to deal with? Barn. Manure. Barn. <laughs> Manure. Barn. Manure. Manure. Barn. <laughs> I'm just learning. I, I, I'm not a ranch. I'm not ranch he- folk. Well, it's okay. This is so elegant that you could drive it in the city. Cattle. Oh my god. Longhorn. Longhorn. Am I getting it? You got no. Those right. Why did, you, did I get it right? Maybe you Longhorn. Should, do you have Netflix? King Ranch. 
Watch King, Heart, watch King, Heartland. King Ranch edition. <laughs> Do you think I'd fit in in Texas? King Ranch edition. Yeah, especially with that I think accent. You would. I, I'm going to buy one. Yeah. I'm going to go down. Have you seen my King Ranch edition? Oh my god! I'm going to put it in the barn. I'm so sorry. I'm going to put it in the barn. <laughs> I'm just trying to fit in. I'm trying to be Lee. I'm trying to. I'm trying to go to Texas and fit in. I'm, that's all I'm saying. This is my card to be a Texan. Uh, Lee Newcomb, thank you for explaining the uh, brand new King Ranch edition of the Explorer. It's my ticket to be a Texan. I got to work on the accent a little bit and and buy boots, but it's all going to happen. Uh, Lee Newcomb is the Explorer marketing manager for Ford. They have added the King Ranch edition, Ranch edition, to their brand new uh, Ford Explorer lineup. Love you much, my friend. Thank you for being on the show. More to come on our Auto Experts. Stand by. Here we go. You're listening to our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. He's a glutton for punishment because he's obviously going to be on the show. Stuart Fowl is here. He is, I don't know, he's big cheese, big head of communications, corporate communications at General Motors. Are you up for the challenge to being on the show today, Stuart? <laughs> Always, Nick. It's good, yeah. to, good to be on. No regrets yet? <laughs> no. Well, it's not, not yet. Ask me at the end. All right. <laughs> so we already know that General Motors hates Norway because we saw that in the Super Bowl ads, or at least Will Ferrell is questioning uh, you know, Norway. We know that uh, General Motors uh, is going to go all electric by 2030. Is it 2035? 2035. That was an interesting plan. Um, and we know that uh, President Biden has got an ambitious plan to uh, turn a huge amount of the government's fleet into electric vehicles. But we talked about this at the top of the show. Obviously, with the big storms that happened in the Northwest and in Texas, um, there was a lot of people without power. And so... We have this unpredictable weather that that travels across the country. Are we really ready? I mean, there's infrastructure questions. There is, you know, questions of climate change that could interrupt our power supplies. Are we ready to to make these big jumps into it? I love electric. I love driving electric vehicle, but it, it's made me fearful that making such a big move to electric um, may at least now, may be uh, a little hasty. But then again, I uh, probably am not going to be having a driver's license by 2035. In fact, I might be in a home by 2035, to be honest with you. you I might could, be in a home a lot sooner no, than that. No, you'd have one of those little hover-rounds. Scooters? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't require a driver's license, Jen, though. They're going to take it away long before that. Yeah, I can assure you. But you have a lot of friends in the industry. Yours might be a little souped up. So so what? what's your take on it, Stuart? You know, is it are we going to be ready by 2035 to have this electric fleet of cars? I like the idea, just just cautious. Yeah, these are uh, these are complex issues you're hitting on, Nick. Uh, it's it's not going to be easy, that's for sure. And and, and it's, you know it's it's so complex. But as we're trying to slow climate change, uh, climate change is making it tougher. So it's a, right, it's, you're you're hitting on a catch twenty two. But yeah. About 2035 as a as an aspiration to 
to all electric fleet of uh, of all of our light duty vehicles and we say and because it's going to take uh, a real societal shift and and ever it hits on the the message of the the marketing campaign just launched as general motors which is everybody in and the the intention behind that campaign is to to get people to rethink evs but also to get people uh excited and and energized about the steps that it's going to take to get there and certainly um uh, investment and structure in the u.s is going to be a hugely important part of that something that that is bigger than than general motors itself not just from the the electrical grid standpoint but from the charging infrastructure and you know at at one point in time these these same questions were being asked of uh how do you keep your car fueled when there are no gas stations in the country and and it it didn't happen overnight and this one won't happen overnight either but our our aspiration 2035 takes um a lot of a lot of power from our side but a lot of societal moves as well um so we we hope that that everyone jump in and start thinking of of solutions to get there and you know i think there's there's probably a lot of change in that same 14 year time period that will happen from the the energy sector as well uh in terms of shifting to solar and shifting to to other renewable resources that will uh, shift a, a lot of how we uh, how we operate in our society. I think the spirit is there, right? I, I wonder. I think about this a lot. You know, um, mull over this question: Are we too late? Are we too late to do this? You know, did we leave it too late? Probably yes is the right answer. But I think the spirit is there to to now push forward. And I'm glad you guys put. Um, a date on it and at least are making the attempt uh, you know maybe maybe we won't get there when we want to get there but at least the channel has been driven into it I think the other thing is too we have an expectation out of Cadillac to have these great performance machines and so you've set up the bar right you said hey listen we we know our Cadillacs and especially our CT5 you know or uh, 5V and our CT4V um, are amazing performing machines and where are going to expect the electrics will do the same when they come along so you sort of set up an expectation um and you have you have a bunch of electric vehicles coming don't you you have quite uh, an aggressive electric rollout over the next few years we do we just uh we just revealed the the updated chevrolet bolt i believe you, you had yeah. that recently as well yeah. as the whole euv uh next month we've got a reveal of a of a hummer ev suv to go with the truck that we've already talked about, the, yeah. the lyric that you mentioned, uh, and and not just consumer vehicles, but the the new Bright Drop brand that we launched just a couple months ago and are, are starting to roll out into the market. If we can if we can replace entire fleets of FedEx trucks delivering packages, those those are drivers who are think of uh, the pandemic and how right. a lot of us have been working from home and gotten cars off the road. The, the vehicles that have not gotten off the road and, yeah. and never will delivery one. Stuart, so Stuart, the before opportunity we... to impact that market is, is just a, a huge one for us, not just in terms of emissions, but in terms of noise and congestion in cities as well. And then also this week we announced a, a partnership with Solid Energy Systems, uh, a real incredible leader in the, the lithium uh, ion metal space that 
we believe will help drive costs down and range up. So when right. you talk about infrastructure and those needs, if you're uh, if you're in the middle of a storm, uh, a normal gas engine vehicle gets you right. three to three to four hundred miles yeah. of range to to get yeah. out of the way. And if we can get EVs yeah. up to five or six hundred miles down the road, um, that that gives you a lot of power to to weather through a, yeah. a weather event. Yeah. I mean, it's all really good stuff, and, and I'm excited to see what you have coming and what you do. Um, listen, keep your eye on General Motors. Keep your eye on the General Motors website. They have a lot of stuff coming. Um, I think we could almost do a whole show together. So, Phil, it's always good to talk to you from General Motors. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert radio show. Our Auto Experts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask a question, just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. He's an independent analyst and investor. His name is Anton Wallman. You can read the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. He joins us on the show every week to talk about what's happening as far as independent, uh, his independent view of uh, car companies, their investments, the stock market, electric cars, and, of course, uh, autonomous cars as well. Uh, Anton, there has been a lot of news around investments, investment companies, uh, electric car companies, and especially Tesla this week. So let's start with a couple of items before we get to the list of things that uh, you briefed us on, a couple of items in the news. Firstly, Tesla's stock has dropped quite dramatically recently. We've always felt that the stock was overvalued, but uh, this week there was some drops in the stock that maybe brought it in line with the truer value. Uh, the reason for those drops were, in your opinion, what? Well, so Nick, what's happening here is that uh, we have to look at the backdrop, and that is that Tesla had essentially gone up by at least 10 from where it was uh, not even 18 months ago. And during this 18-month period, there was no improvement in the fundamentals. So whatever you say about the story, wherever you stood, whatever you thought the fundamental nature was of the Tesla story as it pertained to its true market valuation, you have to say to yourself, well, for the valuation to go up, you usually have to have an improvement in the fundamentals, even an unexpected improvement, an unexpected improvement in uh, the margins, meaning profitability, or an improvement in the balance sheet. And no doubt they've had an improvement in the balance sheet because what the company has done is that they have raised now well over $10 billion because of their very high valuation. But fundamentally, uh, Tesla is a growth company, and that means that they either have to uh, grow in terms of units sold or in terms of the dollar value uh, of those units. And the reality is that the growth trajectory of the company really hasn't changed. So, you know, without an improvement in the fundamentals, a sharp rise in the market capitalization, the market value of the company, uh, at some point, it's it simply just uh, the air becomes level of valuation that almost anything or nothing at all can set the stock down. One thing that can set the stock down is that there is simply a lack further uh, good news for the company. And at a minimum, we can say that there just hasn't been anything in the last month or two here that has really propelled forward. And when you're uh, trading at a valuation at such a high level of altitude, 
you can very, very quickly lose steam. And that's really what happened to Tesla here is that they just ran out of air at the top of it. And, uh, and, and that's when the valuation suddenly dropped by at least in the ballpark of 20% over the course of about a month or so. And it's probably going to get worse for them as these other car companies start to roll out their new electric vehicles. The ID4, of course, hitting dealers in the United States in April, and then the Aria coming very soon on the heels of that for Nissan. The other, of course, problem with Tesla, which has emerged in the media over the last few days, is the fact that a lot of those people closely watching the Tesla website have been pointing out that prices are changing on the back end of their Tesla website remodel, and some vehicles, uh, for instance, the the mid-cycle refresh for the Tesla Model S, they noticed that the back-end price jumped by $10,000, and that of the Model Y looks like the price is going to jump of that uh, on the website, and that has some consumers a little nervous when there seems to be a glut of the vehicles already. What's the story and the true story behind that? You know, my thing, so Tesla has a history of uh, jerking these prices up or down by, uh, you know, a few thousand up, a few thousand down, almost every quarter to some degree or another. Sometimes it's the base model or the Model 3, sometimes it's the performance model, sometimes it's some version of the Model S, some version of the Model X. The reality is the company sometimes does these things because by moving these prices around, what they do is that they... Um, uh, they generate, uh, it's simply a purchase signal for somebody out there. Somebody who says, oh, the price is coming down. Well, maybe I should buy before the price goes up. Or if the price goes down, they say, well, soon enough I'm going to get a bit of a discount. So let me at least plan for a purchase here that I may not have otherwise done in the, in the course of the, you know, X number of days or weeks from now. So that is, uh, uh, one reason they're doing it. The other reason is that it um, distracts, frankly, from other uh, it distracts from other uh, news events that may be going on. So, for example, we found out that Tesla had corresponded with the and what they had said was that their uh, autopilot system is a strict level two system, and there was really uh, no prospect ever becoming anything more than a level two system, which is why they're not seeking permits or even trying to do any testing for autonomous driving on many other uh, entities such as Waymo and all these other types of startups out there. So usually that might have been news for a lot of people, right, Uh, Nick, in terms of how they uh, uh, view Tesla as some sort of leader in autonomous driving potential, but Tesla itself says that, well, we're really not there and probably won't be for a long period of time. But by jerking these prices around, raising them and lowering them seemingly almost haphazardly, then the news tends to perhaps shift in favor of such a relatively meaningless story instead of focusing on the far more bigger story that, oh, wow, Tesla is not really all that far ahead here in terms of uh, in terms of um, autonomous driving, people otherwise seem to believe. All right, let's turn to Tesla in Europe. Sales in Europe are usually very strong in the third month of the quarter, as sales in the fir- uh, they are usually uh, very strong uh, compared to sales in the first two months, uh, which are usually very uh, low. How are Tesla sales in Europe right now? So uh, the backdrop to this is that the sales. Uh, for almost all automakers in Europe here in early 2021 when it comes to electric cars, 
plug-in electrics as well as uh, pure battery electric vehicles have been really anemically low. Uh, they all had a very, very strong end their quotas for the calendar year but so far this year oh lord the numbers are very very small so it's clearly still the leader in at least a couple of countries in europe that where we get daily data here in the month of march like norway and spain but the numbers are still fairly fairly small they're going to be uh, roughly on par with what they were this time last year uh, which is going to be you know in the ballpark of half years ago. So these are not very impressive numbers. And in the country of the Netherlands, which used to be a top performer for a certain up until about a year ago, uh, the numbers are, you know, they, they're almost around zero so far. So, you know, of course, there are uh, for 17 or so days left in the month, but uh, the numbers are so far uh, not showing a whole lot of pulse. All right, so Tesla may be in trouble in Europe, uh, at least from two years ago. Uh, we've been predicting a decline for them as other car companies introduce their electric vehicles. Is this on par with what we expected to happen? Yeah, I mean, uh, you touched on it a little bit earlier, Nick, and that is that it really ought not to have been a secret to anybody that the competition is coming in like a flock of hyenas uh, about to feast on the wildebeest here. So you know how it goes on the savannah in Africa, Nick. Uh, you have one uh, big wildebeest, and it can often fend off a couple of hyenas, but when 10, 20, 40, 50, 60 hyenas show up uh, attacking the wildebeest, you know how that story ends. And that's a little bit what we're seeing right now in Europe where the competition is the heaviest. And the funny part is that for those of you living in the United States and in North America in general, you see X number of electric cars hitting the market. Well, in Europe, you have on the general order of three times as many models hitting the market as you will be seeing in North America. So uh, the competitive uh, climate there is simply far more brutal. Brutal. There are far more hyenas attacking any given wildebeest, and the wildebeest right now is Tesla in the form of the pure electric car market. So that's where it stands right now. All right. So uh, we can see uh, the likelihood is that Tesla is going to have a hard time recovering, especially as some of these new vehicles come on sale. Uh, Europe expecting newer models and more models than uh, the U.S.? Uh, do they have some new models coming online in the next few months? Uh, Tesla or some other car companies? Uh, other car companies. Oh, uh, I mean, look, there's so many of them now. It's a virtual fire hose. I mean, almost every brand has a new EV of some sort coming out almost every other month. I mean, we are to the point now where we are on the cusp of simply not being able to keep track or remembering all of these new models that are coming out. So, simply so many of them to keep track. I mean, you know that many automakers have so many models as a total in their you assume that you're going to have an electric car version of almost every class of vehicle, you know, mid-size sedan, a small SUV, SUV, large SUV, and some other variant, a pickup truck, and virtually everything else. Uh, there are simply uh, so many models, you multiply them by the number and automakers out there, and you quickly get to a number that easily exceeds 200 models. And I think neither you nor I, Nick, can keep in track of quite that many models uh, in our head automatically any longer because there are just simply too many of them. 
I think what frustrates me mostly about this is that I see all these name brands that are just not for sale in the United States, like Seat and and Citroen and and Peugeot, and we're probably just unlikely to see them here, right? Yes, yeah, Volkswagen alone has a whole bunch of brands. I guess Seat, Skoda, and uh, uh, and uh, and um, uh, yeah, Seat, Skoda in particular that are on sale in Europe but are not on. Um, uh, but another sale yeah, in so, North yeah. America. Yeah, stand by. Uh, I know we're going to have you back. We're going to talk about uh, the ID4 and uh, Ionic as well. That's coming up next on our Auto Expert. You're listening to our Auto Expert. Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers. The happy listeners are on via iHeartRadio's app, the Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. Anton Wallman is on the phone with us. He is an independent analyst and investor. The majority of his stuff is at Street and Seeking Alpha. Please read it. He is probably the world's most informed expert on autonomy, on the finances behind companies like Tesla and uh, the electric car companies. Anton, we uh, spoke much about Tesla earlier on, but let's talk about uh, deliveries of the ID4. That's imminent. They are arriving at dealers now. I, I spent the weekend with the vehicle and was impressed far beyond what I expected to be. Some people have said it's uh, like an electrified VW bug. I would completely disagree. It's something like I've never seen before. Um, they made this vehicle very intuitive. There are a lot of things in this vehicle that make more sense than any other car I've driven before. For instance, when you open the car door and you sit in it, you don't need to hit a start button. It senses that you're inside the vehicle, that you have the key in your pocket, that the weight of you is in the seat. You put your foot on the brake and it starts automatically. All you have to do then is put it in gear by uh, pushing it into drive, which is a little toggle on the right-hand side of the center, uh, right-hand side of the display. And uh, then you just power the accelerator and go away. Um, that's how it works. Uh, there is a lot of intuitive stuff inside this vehicle. VW obviously thought it through step by step. Uh, your experience, has it been the same? Oh, now Anton. Oh, we lost Anton. Oh, we lost Anton. Uh, we'll get Anton back. Uh, anyway, that was my experience uh, much with that vehicle. Jen, you got to ride in it to the to the studio. Mm-hmm. I did. I love that. Uh, I mean, It is so cute and adorable. It, and well, cute wasn't my... Is, cute isn't one of the things that I look for in a car. Well, I'm, I do. The, I'm the cute portion of the ride to the studio, oh. just in case you didn't know that. Okay. Um, it's, you know, it for me, this vehicle is an outstanding piece of electric car machinery. Um, yeah, and the uh, pricing was really good, too. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a cheapskate. Let's be honest. I'm a cheapskate. Uh, when I drive a vehicle, I want it to be um, priced. Free. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Free. Free is a good word. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, when I, the, look, you look at the marquee, and the marquee is, is a great price. Uh, so it's with a tax, you know, you can get it for 30s, mid 30s. Uh, this well, starts at 40,000. Yeah, so. but you could still get the tax credit on that as yeah, well. Yeah, you, you do. Uh, Anton, you're back with us. Uh, we were talking about the ID4 starting to arrive at dealerships. Uh, intuitive, one of the most intuitive electric cars I've driven. Just because of no start-stop button, or you don't have to use a start-stop button, uh, VW really thought, thought, uh, thought this vehicle through. Did you have the same impression of this vehicle, like it's a very well-thought-out electric car? 
I think mostly so. I mean, I think honestly, I think they here it's slightly different than your take on that particular detail. I mean, I do think that uh, the more normal, the more conventional, the more old-fashioned and analog an experience is, I think the more well it will go over, especially in the transition future. But I think overall, the sensibilities around the ID4 product are pretty straightforward, and they're pretty straightforward in the following manner, and that is that if you look at the shape of the vehicle, it's, uh, it's just very practical, right? It's got a very practically tall greenhouse and uh, spacious interior in relationship to the overall footprint. And I think the design is one that is not faddish. I think it's one that's going to stand the test of time. So my overall impression uh, is very, very positive, and I think this will work out great for Volkswagen. Uh, I would have dialed back, frankly, if I were them, on some of the uh, interior details, such as uh, uh, you know knobs and buttons or lack thereof. I mean, there's no, not a complete lack of knobs and buttons for uh, things like temperature controls, but frankly, I would have gone with something more conventional. I mean, look at the most basic cars in the market today that sell very well, like the equivalent of a Toyota Corolla or a Nissan Sentra or the uh, Hyundai Elantra-type products, and those controls are very old-fashioned and simple, and I think that if I were uh, the person deciding those types of details for uh, these types of vehicles that are forward to the powertrain, I would have uh, stayed very conservative on everything else so that it does not scare people away in any shape or form. But overall, clearly, I think a very good effort, and I think we'll see it just improve even more from here on. Yeah, I think you're right to some extent as well, but I also think it's fairly simple to operate. I mean, there is a start-stop button if you want one, but you don't need to use it. Um, and the, the gear shifter is, to me, fairly simple. It's forward for drive, it's back for reverse, and it's push for park. I mean, that's... Yeah, me, so the the uh, gear reliever there is, uh, you know, as you may recall, it's taken almost directly from the BMW i3 that came out back in 2013. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we said during the cold war, it's not a coincidence because the team that designed the BMW i3 in Germany left BMW at the beginning of 2015 right. and started at Volkswagen in April of 2015. Right. And that was the team that decided on all of these things for Volkswagen. So clearly the true roots of the Volkswagen ID program, the NED architecture, comes yeah. from the team that designed the BMW i3 at BMW back uh, around 2009, 2010 or so. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that, but I, I found a lot of things intuitive. I found a lot of things easy, especially the ID light that goes across the bottom of the dash. I like to be able to look out of my house and see the color of that light and then know how charged the vehicle is rather than going to find my cell phone and, you know, clicking on the app and looking that way. So I think it's good. Anyway, it begins delivery imminently at dealerships. I think it's going to do well for them. What do you think? Yeah, so we won't really be able to tell, in the at least in the U.S. market, because the United States has only allocated a very small number of units for this calendar year. Clearly, their emphasis of delivery, first of all, from the factory in Germany, will be to the European market, which is where they have the most stringent mandates. Separately, both the ID4 and its ID5 derivative will also be made in China starting this year, and will be selling there from that local factory. And then, once we get into June of 2022, that's when we will see the U.S.-made variant from Chattanooga, Tennessee, which will also get a different battery supplied by SKI, which has its factory in northern Georgia, almost on the border of Tennessee. So uh, clearly we will have a lot of variants of this. And once we get sufficient volumes of this vehicle available for sale in the U.S. from the local factory in Tennessee, 
we'll have a better sense of where the true demand stands for for this vehicle. But by that time, we were talking fall of 2022, and from the Nissan Aria to numerous other models, right, yeah. um, and there will be no shortage of competition at that point. All right. It's always good to know that. Uh, Anton Wallman, he's an independent analyst and investor, and Seeking Alpha and the Street is where you can read a majority of his stuff. He often sends me links to these uh, articles. They are extremely informative and sometimes quite shocking. So to do go to those websites. You will be well informed. You can also go to our website, which is ourautoexpert.com. Listen to this show, see our videos, check out the Jeep Grand Wagoneer and Wagoneer on the website and our show. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.